Welcome to the Impact Nations podcast. My name is Tim. I am your host. Uh, this week, we're going to pick up with our second half of our interview with Mike Brown. Uh, Mike is from Kenya. He's one of our partners there. Uh, if you didn't catch last week's episode, I'd recommend you go back and find that. Uh, if, if you're not subscribing to the podcast, you can go find it at impactnations.com slash podcast. Um, in our first hour with Mike, we talked a lot about his testimony and just what drives his passion for the lost in Kenya. This week, as we pick up, we're going to talk about about uh, his goal to see a million new believers come to Christ in Kenya this year uh, and just how the gospel is going forth in both word and deed. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our second hour with Mike Brown. There's two things I want to talk about. I want to talk about uh, how the gospel is going forth in Kenya right now, just in terms of the preaching of the word. And then I want to talk about how the gospel is transforming lives in terms of the, the demonstration of the gospel and, and what that's doing to, to people's lives and bringing further extension of the kingdom, further preaching of the gospel. Um, but you do a lot. You're, you said to us that this year you, you believe for a million people to... Uh, a, tell, tell me about Yeah, a million people to come to Christ. Um, that's a, a million is a really big number. And so no. that must mean you got to be preaching a lot. <laughs> the gospel is the good news. That mm. is the key. Yeah. Anybody who understands that the gospel is the good news, and the world has enough news that is not good. Yeah. And there is a thirst everywhere for the good news. Because everyone we watch, we are on internet, we are on TV, we are on many, many things. But none of those things gives us the news that is good. Because the good news, unless it's good, it's not good news. It Amen. must be good. Yeah. So a good news to the poor is not just they're going to be okay. It's that they're going to call themselves rich. That's why the good news to the poor says, let the poor say, I am mm. rich. Yeah. The, the good news to the sick is that by the stripes I'm healed. No sick person, whether he's a Christian or not, whether he's anything that doesn't want to feel well in their body. Yeah. That is in the gospel. The good news for the captive is freedom. No matter how people have been captive, what they have done, they want freedom. Freedom is something ingrained in people's heart. They are oppressed without it. Good news for them is freedom. And that is all that is only found in the gospel. Hmm. No any other religion provides power than the gospel. Yeah. And this gospel is right for everyone. And in Africa right now, it is the, maybe the highest moment where we are seeing thousands upon thousands running for the good news. Why? Because what they have been doing has never provided a solution over their life. Mm. Witchcraft has failed because the witch doctor themselves, they need help. And there's everything, the government system, I'm telling this and I say this every time, even democracy has failed. Yeah. The only hope for the people is Jesus, is the good news. And Jesus comes to people as good news, not as part of their problem, but as a solution to their problem. Yeah. 
So when we are this time, God has given us an opportunity. Whenever we have time in season and out of season, we share this good news to people. And amazing people are open to it. The reason why people don't see results of people getting saved is because they have already themselves believed nobody can get saved. Yeah. And you know, when you aim at nothing, you will always eat it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, <laughs> when you aim at nothing, you will never miss it. Hmm. But when you put your aim and say, we're going to see souls, because that's the only reason why Christ come, came. He came that we may have life and have it indeed. So by the grace of God, we have been able to use that opportunity in open airs, in one-on-one. -on -one, and I tell Christians, the only crown that is not in heaven is a crown of churchgoers. Hmm. There is no crown for people who went to church for 50 years. But the Bible says, them that win souls, they will shine yeah. like the stars of heaven. Now, the other scripture I don't like to say when I'm on media, but I'll still say it, it says that he who wins souls is wise, which mm -hmm. means he who does not win soul is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so winning soul, it is the wisdom of God. Yeah. It's part of creation. And so when I, I was here, I remember I was in America and I said, this year, 2019, I want to reach a million people. It was like just saying it. But up to today, we have had meetings every day. Even right now, there are meetings going on. We are showing movies everywhere. We, I mean, it's like crazy. And not only just winning, writing names down, we are the champions of follow-up. I know it. I, and I talk that, about it all the time here. So, <laughs> so tell me about that. Because I, I in fact, we're going to post, uh, by the time this hits Facebook and, and our podcast, I think it'll already happen. But I, you and I were together a few months back, and uh, mm -hmm. you introduced me to a young man who was... Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, had just come back from visiting 50 people who had come to Christ the day before. And he went out to yes. you know, however many homes it took to reach 50 people yes. uh, and, yeah. and did the follow-up that very next day. How do you, you know why we do that? The manpower to do that. We are not, we are not filling the church. We are filling the kingdom. Mm. People don't know the power of follow-up because they think of the church, a small building, with the 20, 100, or even a million people, that's too small. Mm. We are talking of the kingdom, the nations. So when you think of the, when you have mint kingdom mentality, we make sure that if anybody gives their life and we get their contact the same night, the following day, someone will have talked to them, encouraged them, prayed with them, and if they have a need in their family, we will respond to the need, which means if they are sick, we shall pray for them. If they are hungry, we shall feed them. Mm. So when that happened to anybody, that's why I say that the kingdom is that the good news, yeah. if it is not good, then it's not. Yeah. That I love Steve Stewart because he told me that 
That yeah. is one of his saying that yeah. the good news must be good. And yeah, the only way it can be good, yeah. it has to bring solution to the yeah. problem. Yeah. And when people see the solution, uh, there is a scripture in the Bible says that the world eagerly awaiteth mm. for the manifestation of the sons of God. Yeah. That means the Christ in us is the only hope of glory. Now, now listen to this. It says Christ in us is the hope of glory, not Christ in heaven. Mm. Not, not Christ in the, in the mighty glory of God. It's Christ in us. Yeah. So the Christ that people want to see is not the Christ that is in heaven. It's Christ in us. Yeah. And that is the good news. So the follow-up has become like our strength. We had, um, this is very amazing because I invited and we had uh, an opportunity to have uh, Reinhard Bonke sending a team to Nakoro. And uh, all the churches, when we went to that crusade, we were happy to hear the good message. But every member of my church was looking for the new people who have never given their lives to Jesus. Yeah. So while the Christians were enjoying to hear good news, I tell people, why make someone good when someone has never had an opportunity even to be good? And you're struggling to make a good person better. Hmm. So, I go, <laughs> so, <laughs> you, you have already someone who is good. Let them continue. Don't struggle with them to be better. So go for those who have never had an opportunity to yeah. be even good. Hmm. That's why the, 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 the scripture we rely on is Luke, which says, I'm sending you as lambs among the wolves so that you can bring transformation so right now in our record in our church record we in the last this is from this is just from february this year mm -hmm. to this month we are talking of 740 hundred seven hundred and forty thousand wow wow seven <laughs> and we have still month we're gonna hit that target i'm yeah. telling you yeah. And I, I'm encouraging everybody also listening. Learn how to set targets of your life. Mm. Yes, that's the key. When you target at nothing, you hit nothing. Target yeah. is the power of strength. Now, when you don't target, you are a risk even to yourself. When you don't target, you, for example, if someone comes in a room, with a revolver and he tells you you're gonna hit something you have, you don't worry because you know what he's aiming but if he says i'm gonna close my eyes and just shoot at random you will discover you are a marathon champion you would have been running for your nation <laughs> because when they have no target they become dangerous even to themselves yeah so the church and the christian needs to have target that's why when impact comes, I have target. As a church, we set target. We're going to reach women. We're going to hit rich people healed, saved, cleansed by blood of Jesus, and given hope for the future. We're going to reach women that they have no hope. We put these as targets. And that's why 
we are requesting for the doctors. That's the only reason we need nurses. Yeah. Because we have a target. We have a number that if these people don't come, we will still have it, but God wants you to come. Yeah. Yeah, because God needs a body. That's, that's, that's the biggest thing now I'm sharing, even in the church, that um, God is a spirit. We all know that. The only permission for the spirit to reign on earth is to have a body. Mm. And we are the body. That's why the Bible calls us the body of Christ. Yeah. Because Christ will do nothing without the body. If you are not in that body, if you are not in that position, there are things we could not do. Yeah. Only what God needed you is your availability. As mm. a body, as a midwife, to coordinate, the Lord will bring the growth, the Lord will bring the birth, but that midwife is very important. So if today you impact says, oh, we are tired, we can't do anything. Do you know what? God won't do something. He will leave it. Someone else will come. Yeah. The best scripture in the whole Bible is a man that was sick for 38 years, which means the man became sick when Jesus was not born. And when Jesus, it was five years after Jesus was born, yeah. the man was very sick. And the man goes to a porch and Jesus visits the man. And Jesus asks a question. Do you want to be well? And the man doesn't answer yes because he wants to preach to Jesus. He said, being well is not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> my problem is I have no body. <laughs> I have seen more miracles than you, boy. I know when you are born. I have seen miracles. Every year an angel comes, troubles the water. Someone gets there. But when I try, someone else go before me. Why? Because I have no one. Mm. The world has got nobody. The world wants to get well. The problem is they don't have somebody. Let me and you be somebody to someone. Amen. Amen. A million will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So here's, here's my question. You, you talked about, uh, when you were talking about Reinhard Bonnke, you said, you know, why, why try to get people who uh, already believe to get better or whatever? Now, I, I know what you're saying. In that context, you're saying, look, when we've got an opportunity to preach to those who don't know Christ, we need to preach Christ and we need to get them, we need to get them the good news. Um, but the point of the follow-up is to get them who have now accepted the good news to disciple them on to the next level. So tell me a little bit about yeah. how you do that. Like, how do you grow disciples once, once they have encountered Christ? How do you grow disciples? Now, discipling is one of the key of the gospel. Yeah. Discipling is the number one. That's why I, I tell people, discipling is even powerful than membership. One, we don't create members mm -hmm. because parties and other political forms, we can make members. But we make disciples, which means you follow up people when they have given their life to, to Jesus to encourage them to pursue the calling that they receive from Christ. And also not only making them just to believe that they are Christian, it's by helping them to share that which they have received so that it becomes multiplicated because God 
is a God of multiplication, mm. not just God of addition. Yeah. And you can never have addition, multiplication if you don't disciple. Yeah. When you get people saved and you let them become Christian, that is the same problem we are complaining in the whole world. What is the biggest problem Christians are complaining? It is called, number one, is called abortion. Number two, it's called negligence. You don't give birth to a kids and trust for them to grow up. You have to become a father. Yeah. That is discipling. So discipling means you struggle to get birth to kids, and now you're trying to raise them until a certain standard. So discipling is not forever. You only need to reach them to a certain step. But the most important time for discipling is immediate children are being born. Anytime a mother abandons the child-born child, the child has got no hope to survive. Mm -hmm. That is the time the mother needs a child more. But after that, the child can grow on its own. Once they grow the teeth, they are able to see, they, now they will be able to run for themselves. Yeah. That time, no much discipling is needed. That's where the church can come in and other teach. But the discipling is the day children are born. That's why when we go for any outreach and the new people are, becomes Christian, we make sure we get their names, we get their address, and those is not enough. We make sure in the, in the next 24 hours, someone must speak to them yeah. and offer them an opportunity to visit them. Yeah. In that week, someone must have visited their home or their working place mm. and give them an invitation to a church. Yeah. After the church, someone should encourage and friend them to make them they desire the gift of the Holy Ghost. They desire the joy of God. They desire the baptism of the water. They desire, right now we have a lot of move of God in the Muslims. When Muslims get saved, if you don't baptize them, they don't think they made a serious decision. Yeah. You have to disciple them to baptism. You yeah. have to decide to disciple them to go through freedom, to break the what we call the generational curse, mm. the ancient program. The people, some of the people, when they come to us, they are drunk. They are completely overdosed. They are in uh, drugs in everything. The only discipling is not just the prayer. The reason why I decided a strong discipleship team is because personally, I like discipling. When I got saved, nobody was ready for discipling. And discipling is the key for the church. And that's why the church will grow strong. The body of Christ, the mission of God on earth will be strong if we raise a new level, not just preaching, but also discipling those who have yeah. come to Christ. And when you disciple them, they grow, they multiply. So this is the question I ask people. What is good? Multiplication or addition? The answer is multiplication. Indeed. And we are going for multiplication. Awesome. So we've talked about the preaching of the word. And I mean, 
you've got 750 new disciples. And, w- and what I heard you say, I, don't, I think it was in the last episode, but you talked about uh, how that's not just being plugged into your churches. I mean, you've got a large network of churches, but you're no, not, it's not a church all over the place. With the body, this, this is where now people have gone wrong. Yeah. Because people have, have already clustered themselves on the four walls of the world, the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm telling you, even if you have a million people, if you don't know the power of discipling, that is your limitation. Hmm. Discipling gives you an opportunity to go beyond the limits. Yeah. Now, I, I cannot, nobody in the world, even those people who say they have 10,000 sitter, 100,000 sitter, that's not what God called for us. Yeah. Because the Bible clearly says, for God so loved the world. It's only us who think for so God love the church. <laughs> but for so God love the world. So yeah. God wants us to disciple the whole world, the nations. Yeah. So we are up today, uh, not today, on um, Monday, I, I was doing pastor's fellowship where I was encouraging pastor to receive people. We have sent them to them. Hmm. So I call a pastor from another denomination because unity is not uniformity. I don't need to be white to be connected with you. <laughs> and don't struggle to be black for you to talk to me. <laughs> or to be brown for you to talk to Randeep. Unity <laughs> is not uniformity. Yeah. So I don't need people to call my church name. Yeah. Oh, we have this church. No, that's nothing. That's too small. Yeah. I want people to get. So we have this, this season, we have um, received people. When we talk about 720,000, this is not a small number. Yeah. This is hundreds. It's nearly the whole town. It's nearly the whole country. Many people in everywhere, they know what we are doing. They, they are being touched. We are having crusade. Hundred. We cannot have churches everywhere. So I call pastor. I say, we're going to disciple people to come to your church. We're going to send our teacher. Give us a day. I have a church. Today I was getting a testimony. Today, this morning, I had the testimony of a pastor that had 78 people in his church. And we had just a crusade next to his church. And he was one of the pastors that was part of our group just coming to the meeting. So I told him, come and I introduce him to the church, to the crusade. And I said to the people, I'm going to meet you in his church on Monday. And after the encounter, he had 320. Awesome. That's a mighty multiplication. Yes, it is. And these are people that are standing with him, that we have already sent our, what you call our counseling team to continue encouraging the people to be in that church. Mm. So I tell people, don't see a building as a church. See yourself as the nation, as a kingdom. You cannot confine a kingdom in a place. That's why Jesus is not coming as a king is coming as the king of kings Mm. because we are the king 
we have to make kingdoms so that it can come to the kingdoms. Come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, when we think we are a village, or a town, or a city, or a, what we call a county, that's too small. Yeah. We are for the nations of the world. We are for the nations of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, one so, second. I'm so, I, have, I have to text mother because she's trying to interrupt us because she's in. Tell her I love, tell her I love her and I miss her. That's <laughs> I, all uh, you need to tell her. Yeah, I'll tell her I'm recording a podcast with some <laughs> dude I've never heard of before. Uh, she's in uh, Bulgaria uh, where she's got a team of people. I know she's in Bulgaria because I, I, I will talk this after that because we need to do... Um, um, I need to book the hotel in Nairobi immediately so that we will be safe because uh yeah that way we shall talk after this <laughs> uh all right so th that's a little inside baseball by the way that see mike and i get to talk about the exciting stuff like uh you know hundreds <laughs> of thousands coming to christ but we also have to talk about the boring stuff like hey we got to book a hotel in nairobi so i we know those are <laughs> Hundreds of thousands of people. <laughs> it's, the logistics is just as important, right? <laughs> yeah, it's as important as, yeah. as the, the main to work, yeah. I, I remember one time uh, I had only been doing this job for a few months and I was standing in front of a group of people and I suddenly found myself talking about how the Holy Spirit is in spreadsheets. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness, not that I, I told him like the Holy Spirit is in spreadsheets and pie charts as well because all these things uh, need to happen in order to to rescue lives. No, you 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 have to do this. Our plan yeah. is part of the. It's the all pain. part of the. It's, yeah, exactly, <laughs> and because uh, <laughs> he's a god of order too. <laughs> um, they say when you don't plan, you plan to fail. It's still right. a plan. <laughs> it's still a plan. That's right. <laughs> um. So I'm curious, Mike, you talked about good news is only good news if it's good news for the poor. Um, yes. And you, I mean, you and I have partnered in some stuff. Impact Nations has partnered with, with you and Metro Church and uh, in the Daughters of Destiny program and things like that. But I mean, you, you're just, we're a very small part of that. It, we're, it's a privilege to be a small part of that. But you're going all year long doing incredible things. Can you, uh, can you talk to us about a few of these programs that are have been for a long time transforming lives and, and just how they work? Yeah, this is at the heart of God in this program whereby we encounter transformation, the way I've said. And the part, one of the transformation is when you take someone from dust into royalty. That's why the Bible says that he speaks about the, the garment uh, in, instead of the garment of destruction, you get to the garment of glory. Mm. And um, we have been able to reach you together. This is now Impact Nation. I work as Impact Nation. I, I always call myself Impact Nation African representative because I have been able to see impartation of people. I told you that um, my life changed the day I discovered there were people with the heart of God. And that was the impact people, the, the midwife that would help you to give birth to anything. And one of the main transformation we have had is like what I've told you, whereby we bring poor people, people from prison. We have had 
hundreds. I cannot have a proper figure now, but we have had thousands probably of prisoners who have come out of prison because Impact Nation gave me an opportunity to go to prison. We have drilled water. We have water, restored water system in the whole prison that now take care of thousands of prisons. One of the main prisons in Akoro. It is the water they have. It's because of impact. Mm. And when prisoners are set free, they, they are not accepted sometimes in their society. Follow-up has to be done. They come to our church and it's asked, up to us to make sure they will be accepted in a new society because of the transformation we offer them. So because of that, we have people we have released from prison I remember the first time I ever dealt with the impact. We had $80 to release prisoners. And we had about 78 prisoners being set free because impact paid for their fine hmm. to come out of prison. All of that, people, those people became Christian, came to church. We started small-scale businesses. Um, when Impact Nation brought me a group of people called YPO, Young uh, President Organization from America, they were shocked at the record of over hundreds and hundreds, over 100,000, by the way, let me just use the word, 100,000 small businesses of people, women, and we went to every shop of girls, and ladies that they had no hope completely in their life. They were called prostitutes. They were called names. And now they have small businesses. I've even taken you around. You have seen that. They can feed their family. They can provide. And they can help us also to help more. So I get more help from even people that we help, we rescued. Now they become rescuer. There are two things I tell people. If you don't rescue arrest someone, they become a victim. If mm. they become a victim, they will also victimize someone else. Yeah, which is where you, where so, you were all those yeah. years ago when you were a child. You've yes. been victimized, and so you began to victimize others. Victimize so, others. So the multiplication can go in either direction is what you're saying. Yes. Either rescue people see, see the kingdom multiply in their life or we cannot rescue people and see the power of darkness multiply in their life yes the, the, this is so good you are saying that the, we are in school doing some special feeding program and also we are with the society teaching the young men today i said to the commissioner i was giving them an example i said if we don't help these young men now we are filling our prison. Hmm. So you have a choice. Reach them now to stop the prison or don't reach them now and increase the, the prison. So the, the multiplication is the fact and it is existing and it works. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you train these people in small business? Like, um, Somebody who has been rescued, let's say prostitutes, because we've, we've done that together before. Uh, we've got a team of women who are going in just a few weeks to go do that together. Uh, they are going to 
uh, you know, gather women who are working in the streets and they're going to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ with them and invite them to enter a new life uh, in Christ, but a new life out of the streets. But then yes. how do you how do you go from that night where you say, look, we have good news. There's there's a man named Jesus who came and died the death that we all deserve so that we might have life. And he's invited you into that life, too. What now, happened? That's, the, the, that's why we use the word also uh, follow up. Yeah. When we give them an opportunity that if they are really ready, we give them an opportunity to welcome them. Yeah. And when they come, the first thing we give them what we call an um, opportunity for detox. So we will keep them for three months. Exactly most of the time is three months. Yeah. Where they will be in our station, where they will go through uh, repentance, through what we call ancient path, break the things that cause them to go to the wrong path. Yeah. But with the hope that after this, they will do something better than what they used to do. And uh, this has happened in the Bible. Whenever Jesus called people, he gave them an hope of a new life. And that's why I say, you're, gonna, you're a fisher, you'll be a fish of man. You're a tax collector, you'll now do something else for the kingdom. So we give them an opportunity, and one of the opportunities is to train them to change their mind. Because the greatest captivity of humanity is their mind. That's why the Bible calls of the renewing of our mind. The, the prostitution is not in the body, it's in their mind. If they get an opportunity to be washed their mind, and be given an opportunity. All of them, they look for opportunity to do something new. Like the man at the pool, the question was, I only have a problem is I don't have someone. The woman being brought to Jesus, she had no hope. And Jesus says, whoever who has never done this, let me be the first one. Even Jesus who had not done that did not accuse her. Gave her opportunity. What's all the opportunity? Go, daughter, and sin no more. Hmm. So when you become, if Jesus calls you a daughter, it means you're part of his kingdom. Yeah. So a woman that was nowhere, she was useless, made Jesus call her daughter. And Jesus even wrote on the ground to block the old law, to write a new law. Hmm. That's a new law. Because Jesus cannot fight the law of Moses. He had to write a new law on the ground to say, whoever who has never done this, be the first one. And remember one thing, Jesus never see, did anything that he has not seen his father doing. That's right. So Jesus saw his father doing that first before he did it. Yeah. So for that reason, when we get them to, the, to this, we give them opportunity. But all these women, they have something in there. They had a dream. Somewhere along the life, something killed their dream. Mm. So we give them, number one, we give them opportunity to revive the dream. The word revival means there was something that was there and died. You're bringing it back to life. Yeah. Mm. That's the meaning of the word revival. So uh, the main thing we give them opportunity first is to revive their dream. What do you think you are? What were you? What were your dream? What was your way? What, what do you think God called you to be? And anytime we know who they were, 
we help them to st- go back again. Now, yeah. the biggest room on earth is the room of change. Hmm. <laughs> That's the biggest room on earth. It's a room of change. And all of us, we are capable to get into that room and be what people have already known we are. The Bible says, Mary Magdalene, she got a room of change. She became the most important woman on the Bible. When she washed Jesus' feet, she became part of the kingdom that Jesus said, if you preach the gospel, you must mention of her. Yeah. And you know, amazing thing, Tim, I can shock you. She broke a bottle of alabaster oil on feet of Jesus. You know where she got the money from the oil? It was from prostitution. Yeah. And the disciple called it waste, but Jesus called it remembrance. Hmm. What is called waste became remembrance. Now, we give the women opportunities. These women, they have talents. I have women that they have ideas I've never, ever dreamed of. I have women that after being rescued in a month, even with only $80 or $50 or $70, many we do $80. These women will start a business. In one month later, you will not believe. Because this business now is being inspired by two things by a woman that is desperate to prosper and by the Holy Ghost that is desperate to make them prosper. Oh, man. <laughs> That's good. So with the two forces, the Bible said two are better than one. Amen. <laughs> they, <laughs> they can never fail. Yeah. So it's, it's a simple, there is always a dream. Everyone has a dream. Everybody was created for something. Mm-hmm. No waste in the kingdom. There is no waste. Yeah. That what the disciple called waste. Jesus called it remembrance. Mm. Oh, come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah. And whoever who shall preach the kingdom, if you don't mention of the woman, you are you are all preaching the kingdom. Hmm. <laughs> but Jesus said, wherever the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached. And remember what the gospel is the good news. That's when right. you talk the good news, you must tell there are women that were in, pro- in prostitution and God gives them hope. Awesome. So we have seen thousands and thousands of women when they give an opportunity, like the man at the pool, he said to Jesus, My problem is not sickness. My problem is someone. Hmm. If I had somebody, I would have been healed 38 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what do you do? How do you, how do you teach these women business? Like what's the, um, do you have curriculum? Like you say you've got them for three months. Um, we, in the three months, there's a time we give them. The first option is who they are. Yeah. To remember the vision and the calling. You know, when you're a kid, you say, I'm going to be a teacher. I'm going to do this. We yeah. give them that. But then we have women in our church, and uh, including my wife, gifted to give them hope. Mm. To create an idea in their mind. Yeah. And they, they all will run to the idea they think is the best for them. Yeah. And then they know one thing. The key is this. Even when they fail, they know they still have a home. 
So we don't put a ceiling on them that if you don't do this, you're dead. Yeah. We give them more hope, more hope, more hope. Mm-hmm. Kindness, it is the only language the deaf can hear. Kindness mm-hmm. is the only words that the blind can read. <laughs> hey, come on. <laughs> Another (laughs) (laughs) T-shirt. And whenever you give them kindness and give them hope, they take any business with a little money, we give it to them. And I've never had one woman letting me down over thousands of women unless they die. As long as they they are alive and we give them show, we show them a small business, we give them ability to encourage them to break the cord. Now, Mm -hmm. this is something amazing in everybody. All of us, we go through something called ancient paths. There are things we do not because we want to do, because there's power behind it that makes us do those things. Okay, in Africa, we know that because we are different from you in America and in the Western countries. Because in America, you don't have demons, you have issues. In (laughs) Africa, we have demons. (laughs) In America, you don't have sins, you have problems. So we have sins. (laughs) We hit the nail on the head. Yeah. So we break the power. Any woman who comes under program and you break the power, they enter into a new level. Yeah. Any woman, yeah. And do you do (laughs) ongoing coaching and stuff for them as they start their small business? There's a course where they go through a training of the business. They go through their own life, changing things that ever happened to their life that they think they need the Holy Ghost and they need help from God. Breaking the curses, forgiveness is the key word. The mm-hmm. power that breaks people in the whole world is unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. So they need not only to forgive themselves, but also to forgive people. And the main person people always forget to forgive is themselves. Mm-hmm. You can teach on forgiveness, people will forgive everybody, including the devil himself, and they forget to forgive themselves. Hmm. So we push them to forgive themselves, to yeah. start a new life and a new level, yeah. Yeah. And you're doing similar stuff for, for young men, I know that. You've, uh, you know, this is for young men, we are doing it for the adults, we have young men who deliver. This the key word is to break the ancient path. And the powerful scripture on that is Ezekiel chapter 16. It gives us a big picture that there is a, a girl that was found polluted in her own blind blood. So the great pollution, sometimes we have no control over it. Unless God helps us, we cannot do it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So um, it's amazing, but it works. Yeah. It never failed. And one of the things that I, I love about what you're doing, and you alluded to this a minute ago, so I want to circle back to it, is that once... Once these folks who've been rescued and uh, taken the ancient path have, have gone through the inner healing required to free themselves of the, the bondage that they've fled, that they've been rescued from, and they've got their business started, then they're 
uh, out of thankfulness are giving back. Uh, yeah, the main thing, the whole thing. The main, that is the heart of every program. The only time someone feels that he was a beggar and now he can give is the only time you have restored their prosperity. Mm. Because they have authority to give. And the hand of a giver is always on top. So you have restored their life from being bottom, from being the, the, the tail to be the head by the reason of giving the only way god could restore his adamic nature which we lost during adam was for him to give yeah and he, he, i tell the people on sunday i was telling the people they chat that god never gave 10 percent. he gave a hundred percent because he gave himself he gave his only son not 50 not 99 100 percent yeah. So when you, you train people to be restored, the only time you know they have been healed is when they can give the same hope. Yeah. The day I knew I was delivered was not when I was in England. It's when I came back to Kenya to give the same hope. That's why the Bible says, like shall beget like. Yeah. By mm. ability to give to help someone else mm. and to bring hope to someone else. So they become tithers that is faithful to God, nothing to do, but they get back. You know, there's this American manipulation that you give this to get more. It's like you're in a business. No, this is you give because that's part of your nature. Yeah. You're part of your father. Your father is a giver. You don't give to receive back. You give because you are a giver. You have power to give. And you must it's not be power. shy about teaching that to, to no. your people. Because I think sometimes we're shy, and, and maybe that's even why uh, this is the message coming out of many Western churches. Uh, you know, we're shy about t talking about giving, but if we can dress it up as well, if you give, then, you know, if you sow, then you'll reap. And so we turn it into a... That's a manipulation. When you teach us, that's true. You still reap when you sow. But when you teach the pure gospel, as a principle of authority in life is about receiving and giving as long as the earth exists sowing and reaping will never cease but yeah. you don't need to do it for what you shall get later yeah. you do it because god has called you and you have ability the bible says the power power giving is power hmm. giving is power it's more blessing to give than to receive. It doesn't mean receiving is not good, but it means it's more, it's power. When you give, you have authority. You have authority over the, the receiver. So we, when we restore their dignity from the women that were selling their money to be given to be the women now, they're not selling their body because they respect their body as the temple of the Holy Ghost. To able to help, that is dignity restoration. Yeah. And that is the kingdom. Jesus yeah. came to restore our dignity. Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> now, there is multiplication even in these businesses, though, isn't there? Because I, I've heard many stories of those who've started with a very small, they, they often start with very small, simple businesses. But as you teach them the principles, not just of, of tithing, and, uh, but also of saving, they're, they're actually saving towards their next business, aren't they? 
Yes, we teach them. One of my, my quote is that if you don't save, you will slave to the grave. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> saving is a principle. Yeah. Oh, my God. Everything is dying down. <laughs> if you don't save, you'll slave to the grave. So saving yeah. is a principle. So we teach them that principle in a high way that they must increase. One of the principles of God also is increase. Yeah. Increase is a principle from heaven. Yeah. That when you increase, it's by giving. So we have this... Uh, People, we have encouraged them to increase by saving, yeah. by giving. And I've seen, I have millionaires. I have some people, I have five to eight or ten women that were nothing. Now they are so rich, they give, and even they start their own program that <laughs> we have amazing. nothing to do with. We yeah. have nothing to do with. I took one day, uh, Steve, your dad, to Nairobi, to a woman that now she has a shop with over 14 women who are also in the DOD, in the prostitution, and they have shops, and they have other and other. It's called multiplication. Yeah, that's right. And that's the joy of every factor. We yeah. are able to multiply. Yeah. And you guys, what you planned to multiply, you, you, like you, I was there with you, um, I can't remember when that was. It wasn't this year. It must have been last year. And we went through and we did. We visited these businesses and yes, stuff. Every we went to businesses. Yeah. They give back so much. They do give back. And and one of the reasons one of the things I asked uh, when I asked them about the giving, they I said, "Well, why do you why do you give? Why do you tithe?" And they uh, I got two really, really interesting responses consistently from everybody. It was one or the other, and sometimes both. One response was, God has given me so much. Uh, God has rescued my life, and I want to give back. I want to give to the one who has given so much to me. The other response that was equally fascinating was, this is God's business and I want to partner with him. God is my partner. You, are you, my you partner. have to involve him. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's the my partner. I want I teach to be paying them. him dividends out of his business, effectively, is what they were saying. The, the key word is to teach them how to involve God in their business. Yeah. He is the main partner. Yeah. So when God is your partner, you have to involve him. Yeah. And God is in a business of giving. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. the main yeah, and who knows that better than those who have been given life again, given given their Amen. dream, yeah, yeah, their dreams back, their vision back, their family back. We have women that they had lost their entire family, and now they have their family back. We have amazing revival of restoration, restoration. So for that reason, giving they don't give because they will get it back. They give because they involve God. Yeah. And whatever you cannot give, you don't own it. It owns you. Yeah. They also give. <laughs> yeah. Say that one more time. That's so, so important. Uh, yeah. Whatever you cannot give, you don't own it. It owns you. Mm. So they give to show they are the owners. When you're stingy, you don't increase, you decrease. Yeah. There's a man that scatters, yet increases. But there's a man that withholdeth tendereth to poverty. Yeah. 
And Jesus said, whatever you lose, you gain. Mm. So gaining is losing. Losing is gaining. Yeah. It's an upside down kingdom. So they give, <laughs> it's an upside down. It's an opposite. Yeah. So when you give, you are showing back. This I teach this all over the world. I say, money is a master, but a good slave. Mm. A bad master, but a good slave. When you give him away, he comes back to you. When you hold it, it decreases from you. Yeah. <laughs> so they, this is the principle we teach them when they are in their rescue set. They say, when God gives you, remember, you have to give. Yeah. And when you give, you become a master. Yeah. When you don't give, it masters you. Yeah. Then you go back to seek more. And that's what took you back to proceed because you thought you can make more out of your own strength. Mm -hmm. But you need God. Yeah. You need to partner with him. Right. So that is the kingdom I say. Whatever you cannot give, you don't own it. I love it that. Owns you. Man, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so for saving, you. Uh, you you guys have an amazing program. I just I think people might be interested to hear just kind of some of the logistics, maybe because I'm a logistics guy, so it fascinates me. But uh, one of the things that I saw when I was with you last year was uh, these, they look almost like a coupon book or a little... Uh, yeah. Uh, like a little, yeah, yeah the saving, a little book. It's and, the saving book. The saving, saving book. book. And what it is, is yeah. it's a record of their savings. And so they're they saving, they saving until they, yeah. Because we help them also to make bigger savings to the bank. But before they reach the tab, that level, they have to save in a small scale. Mm -hmm. The Bible says, do not neglect the days of small beginning. Mm -hmm. So you have to start in the small beginning. And then you, but the only way to do that is by saving. Yeah. And God, we teach them how God helps to save. Yeah. Even the day of uh, wheat, when Joseph was in Egypt, the secret was saving. Yeah. Because there was a day of drought coming. Mm -hmm. So if you lose the day of saving, the day of drought, you die. Yeah. So that is a stronghold we teach them. So we will help them because some people don't have that discipline. Because if you are poor, you are, you are used to do hand to mouth. Yeah. But now when we enter you to a new level where we want to change your mind, yeah. we teach you that you have to eat below your budget. Mm -hmm. We teach you how to manage your finances and how every day you can make a sacrifice of saving. So yeah. we have our own saving program books. We have bureaus where they can take money somewhere else. And then we have what we call round table, where they can put money together and put a lot of money to one of them in a certain month so yeah. that they can do beyond what they can do normally. Yeah. yeah. It is a simple uh, biological word. We call it binary fusion, mm. <laughs> where you make sure whatever you save will increase you. And that's why we say we do, if you don't save, you'll slave. That's so right. you choose to save or slave. <laughs> yeah and what's interesting actually is even these these savings programs are a business in and of themselves because you were telling me these booklets which are basically like a, a record of a you know each page is like a dollar saved or whatever so you get a, a half of the slip from the book showing that you've saved the dollar plus whoever's holding your savings they've got a record of, of the dollar that you deposited and yes. each book is a hundred dollars i think you said a hundred pieces of paper that are divided into yes. They sell these books 
as their business. So the person who is helping to facilitate the savings is actually earning doing, doing that. Yes, it is employing more than what you can imagine. Yeah. It involves thousands of families that get helped because of the saving. Because when yeah. they save, there's printing, there's bookkeeping, there's the banking, and then there's also introduction we after they save we tell them now you don't need to save this you can start banking wow. go to the bank we can introduce to a bank which can loan you just a few a month ago a woman was able to get a loan i cannot get wow uh, yeah, and, and the way it works is because these are people who normally, you know, the the night that, that they get rescued from working the streets as a prostitute, let's say, there's no way that that person can walk into a bank and ask for a loan because they no way. they barely exist as a person, probably in terms of actual official paperwork and things. Um, mm. They uh, and they don't have any credit history, but by building with these with these booklets, these savings, now we can go them. You to can the go bank with them to the bank. That's yes. right. Yeah, and you guys and have a reputation. To the bank. Yeah, and, it's amazing. And prove so to the bank one about more way that you are providing dignity because now they can walk into a bank with their head held high as a as mm. a person who's got a record of hey I ha I have savings I have a record of being responsible with my finances I have people who can follow me I have some people who can back me up yeah. that is the main thing that's why we teach them that yeah it's fantastic and because in in prostitution they lose saving ability they yeah. believe of getting money on a daily basis Right. Yeah. It changes the way they think over time. You know, I, yeah. I was listening to an interesting podcast uh, this weekend about uh, what's called cause marketing. And it, I don't need to go into it all, but one of the things they were talking about was Bono of, of U2 fame, mm -hmm. uh, who mm -hmm. had started, uh, he and his wife had started a uh, clothing company where the proceeds were going to go towards helping people in Africa. And they were mm -hmm. so excited about the the charitable side of the thing that they really didn't focus on the business the profitable aspect of the business and it, it failed um and for one i took heart in that like oh okay even bono of world fame can fail so that helped me Felt good to be honest. I know it sounds weird, but but then what what they realized <laughs> is that the reason it failed was because they weren't focused enough on the profitability of it, and so they just learned that profit. It's it's okay for profit to be a part of the conversation because profit is, is the kingdom. Listen, is the kingdom God? God is a God of profit. Yeah. That's why he gives one man called Jesus and he wants the whole back world back to him. The yeah. whole world back to him. Mm -hmm. So God talks about profit more. That's why when Jesus talks about the talent, the person who never made a profit was even what he had was taken away from him. Yeah. And he was called wicked. So, imagine not making profit make you wicked. Yeah. <laughs> God is a God of prophets. Yeah. Profit. Profit is the existence of life. Mm. We live, uh, today I was telling you, I, I want to ask you a question before I go off. My butt is going down. Yeah. Why did David kill Goliath? Because nobody else would? <laughs> no. 
and why in fact people say david killed goliath because he was abusing god's people no well because he was taunting he said who are you to defy no Mike? no 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 that's too small too small no okay let me tell you yeah for free i'm not charging you but tomorrow send me something the reason why <laughs> The reason why David killed Goliath was is called ulterior motive. Hmm. What shall it be given to the man that kills this person? If they said nothing, David would have walked back to the farm. Hmm. But they said it will be his family will never pay the taxes. That's profit. He will marry the daughter of the king. That's profit. He will never work. He will live in the palace. That's profit. David is so Goliath dead after that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so prophet is not evil, and and we it is godly. It is it, kingdom. And the, I mean, the question is what what you said was just I love is you know either you're a or it's a terrible master, but an excellent slave. Your money is <laughs> yes. The money. I, I will repeat again. Is the worst master, yeah. but the best slave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's you to know how to slave it. God wants us to make profit. God is a God of profit. Mm -hmm. David killed Goliath because of the profit he was there. That's why the Bible says, and forget not God's benefits. Yeah, yeah. Though so there is profit even in the kingdom. Yeah, absolutely. You may never forget its benefits. Those are benefits are profits. Yeah. So yeah. in every business, no matter what you do, we teach people the only thing God hates is the wrong scale. He doesn't hate the scale, but he hates the wrong scale. Yeah, the dishonest scale. When yeah. you, you, you take advantage, you, do, yeah. you overcharge people, you take advantage. But when you do something with the right margin, with the right thing, which is the kingdom. Jesus says, you should have taken my money even to the bank. Mm, yeah. I would have had a gain. Yeah, would have had a bit of because, interest. Yes, because the, why? Because we must get the kingdom of God. Yeah, that's right. We must create wealth. That's yeah. why God gives us power to make wealth. And that is simple profit. Yeah. Amen. Well, Mike, I know your your battery's about to die. This has been an amazing conversation. Thank you so much. It is amazing. I love it. I've yeah. been waiting for this for a long time. <laughs> Me too. Finally, um, it has come to pass. That's right. And I, I want to tell people one more thing just before you go. I don't know why I thought of it, but just I I know your office. I know your building because I've been there many times. And the, the the wall that you're sitting against on the other side of that wall is your sanctuary where yeah people come to worship and hear the word but one of the other things happening in that building almost at all times is prayer you have intercessors who are praying yeah. at all times for the kingdom to come and i just i want people to understand when they hear these amazing stories of what god is doing through my ministry and i assure you because we only had a couple hours today we're only scraping the surface but when you hear these stories of incredible rescue transformation of kingdom expansion multiplication those things happen not not just from goodwill not from trying really hard not from good principles mm -hmm. or, or good administration mm -hmm. all those things are key too but the foundation of all of that is intercession it's prayer and you've got a team yes. that is 
praying in that building all the time to see the kingdom come. All the time, because when you don't pray, you become a prey of the enemy. Man. (laughs) (laughs) And the devil stops you to pray because prayer stops him Mm. to play. It's your prayer. (laughs) The enemy is a prayer. He wants to pray your life. He wants to destroy your life. And I'm telling people the secret of our mission is only three things. And if anybody after the three things, you become a winner. Yeah. And that is prayer, prayer, and prayer. (laughs) Amen. Well, that concludes another episode of the Impact Nations podcast. I hope you've enjoyed getting to know my friend Mike. Hey, if you'd like to spend some time with Mike, I guarantee it will absolutely change your life. Uh, You can be joining our team on the Journey of Compassion from October 13th through the 25th. Uh, If you head to impactnations.com slash Kenya, you can learn all about that and register there. And hey, if you want to make sure that you don't miss an episode of the Impact Nations podcast, I recommend you subscribe. Uh, You can do that by heading to impactnations.com slash podcast. Podcast, uh, and there's a subscription button there for any podcast service that you use, uh, or all the episodes are listed right there on the website as well. In the meantime, have a great week. God bless.